you are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome in, everybody, to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. I am your host, Kate Madjuke. You can follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. As always, I'm joined by my fantastic co-host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow him on Twitter at Marcus Mosher. Be sure to give the show a follow at Locked On Dynasty. Hit that subscribe button and leave us a five-star review if we are helping you out with your Dynasty Football Leagues. We are talking third-year running backs today. I'm really excited, Kate. There's some running backs here that I really, really like and that I've uh, actually been targeting targeting a lot in my Dynasty League, so I'm excited to get into it. I'm actually uh, I'm interested because we have the list of players. We, mm-hmm. We're not going to talk about... Obviously, every single third-year running back. Uh, We're going to talk about the ones that have the biggest implications, potentially, for your dynasty fantasy football teams. Uh, Most notably, perhaps, uh, we'll we'll just give you the list Mm -hmm. now so you can mentally prepare. Uh, We're going to be talking about Damian Harris, an interesting prospect, Mm -hmm. Devin Singletary, Alexander Madison, and Tony Pollard. Just right out of the gate, Marcus, I want you to tell me who... Which of these running backs yeah. has the most potential to truly be, a, you know, an, an actual asset to your dynasty team and have a legit shot at a breakout? Oh, that's a really good question. So I think the answer is is tricky. I think the one that has the best chance to be like an RB one is actually Tony Pollard. Yes, but he's not the one that I've been acquiring in every single league. Actually, one of these four running backs I own in just about every single dynasty league, uh, and I'm excited to tell you guys who that is. Interesting. All right, I, my answer is also Tony Pollard. So, yes. I'm I'm excited. Which of these guys? Uh, you said you said one of these guys you have owned in almost all the leagues. Should yeah. we start the show off with? This mystery man? Sure. I mean, I actually double-checked. I own this player in every single Dynasty League. So I I, I might be a little bit biased, um, but I really believe in that player. And it's Damian Harris. And I'll give you the reason why. We really didn't see Damian Harris a lot as a rookie. It seemed like the the Patriots kind of red-shirted him. And then last year, Damian Harris was... (laughs) He was really involved in this offense, Kate. In the 10 games in which he was active, there was a little bit of time where he was on the injured reserve list, but in the 10 games that he was active, he started all 10 games. Uh, now, he, the concern with Harris is the workload, right? Like, are the pages ever going to fully lean into him being the, the full-time back? Well, last year, he averaged 14.5 touches per game, and he averaged just under 75 yards per game. How many more touches, Kate, would he need per game to be like a, a, a just let's say a, a solid RB2? Three? Four? Does it, or does he even need any more? So here's the concern here. Uh, out of all of my research on this group of running backs, I was most, uh, I, I will say, interested in how the, the research was going to come out with Damian Harris. Because going into this exercise, I was 100% certain that the answer was Damian hmm. Harris for me. Hmm. And it turns out that it it was not. Okay. Um, despite the fact that I'm very encouraged by this workload, it, we saw him get all of the touches we could possibly want. Uh, my concern is that I'm not sure that there's the upside that we think there is partnered with the fact that Every single time we fall into love with one of these 
Patriots running backs, we yeah. forget that there is a rotational uh, aspect to the way that they utilize their running back core. Despite all of those touches in his 10 active games, he was only averaging 9.1 PPR points a game. That's that's not high. And I want to tell no, you not. what his ceiling was. His ceiling was the RB9 in week eight against the Buffalo Bills, who were uh, bottom 12 in rushing defense last season. I just think there's a lack of upside here. And by the way, uh, that that week eight game, uh, Zach Moss was the RB5. <laughs> <laughs> but the the issue is that you're looking at a guy who doesn't have a ton of receiving upside. So I went back Correct. to that week, uh, week four through 14, which is when he was the actual starter. Um, they were targeting the running back position. Uh, they were offering plenty of targets to the running back position. But uh, James White saw 41 targets in that span. Rex Burkhead, 15. That's to Damian Harris's seven total targets in that time. Ryan Izzo saw 15 targets in that game, or in that span. We're talking about a, a potential to carve out a role here among a very limited receiving core, and Damian Harris saw seven targets despite his heavy involvement. Jacob Johnson, never heard of him, <laughs> ever. <laughs> Six targets in that span. That's pretty concerning, I think, for a team that is willing and more than willing to utilize the running back as a receiver. If the disparity in targets is that large between James White, Rex Burkhead, and Damian Harris, doesn't that concern you for the upside? A little bit, but I do think it's important to remember that we've seen this player or this type of player be successful in New England before without having any of the receiving you know, stats. For example, Are you about to LeGarrette Blunt me? Well, I mean, I think that's a good example, right? 2016, LeGarrette Blunt had uh, just under 1,200 yards and 18 touchdowns. Now, Harris isn't going to score 18 touchdowns. But we've seen this player before. You know, he had seven receptions that season. I think Harris can have more than that. I'll give you another example, right? Steven Ridley, back in 2012, had 1,300 yards and 12 touchdowns. He saw six receptions that year. So... I agree with you. The receiving upside isn't there. James White is going to eat into it. Um, actually, Rex Burkhead's gone, so maybe we see Harris get into the upper teens, low 20s. But I, I do agree with you on the ceiling. I, I don't think Damian Harris is an RB1. The good news, the question. Is, well, Sorry, the good news is you don't have to pay RB1 prices for him, right? He is currently being drafted as the RB37, and I think that's fine. Like I think he could be a high upside RB2, and here's the reason why, Kate. I, on paper, I think this is one of the best offensive lines in football. Like They got Trent Brown back this year, who played phenomenal for them during their 2017 Super Bowl, excuse me, 2018 Super Bowl run. He was also Pro Football Focus's number two running back last year, just behind Derrick Henry. So I think I think Damian Harris is like actually good on the field. So if he can get, if he can go from like 14 and a half touches a game to 17 and a half touches, I think you're looking at somebody who could easily average 90 yards a game, and that's good enough to be a pretty consistent RB two. Oh, absolutely. But I do want to say that I think the difference. Um, you know, I, I think it's really going to come down to the number of if you're if you're not counting on the receiving work, right? Yes, if you're not yes. counting on that at all for your fantasy football production, I think it does come down to 
Um, you know, just the, the potential for goal line carries, carries inside the five. Damian Harris, in his span as a starter, saw three attempts inside the five. James White and Rex Burkhead saw one and two. Mm-hmm. So they're not even funneling all of these these red zone touches, end zone carries. LeGarrette Blunt in his season as a, a big bucko, uh, mm-hmm. saw 29 attempts inside the five, which led that league, uh, led all running backs in the 2016 season. It's I'm just saying I think it's a bigger uphill battle for Damian Harris than I would have expected, but... I mean, he's been clawing for carries literally since the the day he was born, uh, since he was a baby. Uh, so, so dating back to Alabama, you, yep. you had a lot of competition there, and we've just never seen him be able to emerge as the clear cut guy. So last year, do you know who led the Patriots in in goal line touchdowns? Uh, I do not. It was Cam. Cam had 13 goal line touchdowns last oh, year. Oh, that was obvious. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking running back. So Jeez. That, that's, my, that's my biggest concern, right? If Cam is a starting quarterback for all 17 games this year, the touchdowns are probably going to be low. However, if Mac Jones is a quarterback, and let's say it's even in 2022, right? I think now all of a sudden there is this potential for double-digit touchdowns for Damian Harris, and that's when we get really, really excited uh, but I will, I will admit that I am a little concerned about the goal line touches. Maybe that's an area that the Patriots talked about this offseason, trying to limit Cam's exposure to all those hits. Maybe we don't see that as much this year. All right, let's take another quick break, and we will be back. We'll keep talking third-year running backs. Wanted to tell you guys about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, MLB, and NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do is use the promo code LOCKEDON. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back into the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. We're talking third-year running backs. We just broke down Damian Harris, who I thought was going to be my favorite in this group before I dove into the research. Marcus, you are still all in on Damian Harris. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you about a guy that I am 100% totally out on and has nothing to do with Zach Moss. I'm talking about Devin Singletary. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. I know. I know. I... (laughs) I feel uh, like a little bit of a, a cheater here for even even bringing it up. Uh, but Devin Singletary, I do think we have to just officially put the nail in the coffin. Upside's not there. The, the workload does not seem to be there. And he's being drafted as the running back 45. But if I can squeeze him into a... a you know, a trade that I'm already trying to get... I don't think anybody's trying to trade for Devin Singletary... But if I can squeeze him into any package trade just to get maybe an extra third or something, mm-hmm. please give me all of that. Devin Singletary, he's only 23 years old, 5'7", 203 pounds. But, I mean, everything about his size is small. Uh, didn't necessarily play small at FAU. Uh, one of the best running backs in the NCAA uh, in his time with FAU, but... You have to worry about the competition, but I just think that 
we have not seen him be able to, uh, you know, take down this role as the true RB1. I've heard a little bit that he's he's working to put on some weight this season, so I don't know if that will have uh, much to do with it. But historically, running backs this size do not uh, do well in terms of their long-term dynasty value. Uh, he's a he's a small guy, and now you have to compete with Zach Moss, who you know didn't run away with the job in his rookie season. But touches are touches. Yeah, uh, yeah. We, we've only seen. Devin Singletary have two RB1 finishes since entering the league. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so, I mean, I think I'm out on him as well. However, I can see the appeal for Devin Singletary in in your leagues right now. Uh, I agree with you. He's a low-ceiling running back who's going to get zero goal line work, partly because I think Zach Moss is going to get it, and we've seen uh, Josh Allen score at least eight rushing touchdowns in each of his three years in the NFL. He's just not going to get that work. However, there is some potential for like a low-end RB2 in PPR leagues. We did see seven games last year where he scored double-digit fantasy points. Um, he does, He has just one career game of over 20 points, though. So if you're looking for somebody who can just be a low-end guy that can give you better than zero every single week, I do think you can get him at a very, very cheap price. You mentioned him, Kate, getting a third-round pick for him. Like... If my running back situation is so awful and I want to throw a third-round pick on Singletary so I can get 9 to 10 points every week, I get it. But he's somebody that I'm not actively trying to go out and trade for because I just don't see the ceiling. I think there's other guys out there uh, that can be more helpful to your team. Uh, I, I think you should avoid Singletary right now. All right, how about Alexander Madison? This is a guy that I've been sort of middle of the pack uh, with. 23 years old, 5'11", 221. Had uh, a pretty decent uh, athletic profile when we're comparing him to some of these other running backs in that similar tier, in that third third year range where we haven't seen a true breakout. Uh, had a, a nice, uh, decent vertical jump in the 56th percentile, uh, broad jump in the 92nd percentile. I like that. He's strong. He's in uh, a fantastic situation, uh, you know, just in terms of offensive production, I think. And uh, But the issue, he's stuck behind uh, Dalvin Cook, mm-hmm. who, you know, got paid. We just haven't seen him, uh, you know, really, really pop. In the seven games, he's seen more than 10 carries, uh, averaging just 12.5 PPR points per game. That's fine. What is the ceiling for Alexander Madison? I don't think it's as high as people want to assume. I mean, I know there were some games last year where he started and played well. Uh, I, I know the Week 17 game, he got a lot of people excited. 21 carries for 95 yards. Also added three receptions for 50 yards. Uh, two touchdowns in that game. But Minnesota spent a fourth-round pick on a running back that has way more juice, right? And uh, I, it's the kid from Iowa State, the, the backup there. Um I just don't think Madison, if Dalvin Cook goes down, is going to be the every down running back. And I think he's fine. I don't think he's the most explosive kid in the world. So I just I just don't see him being an RB1 if Dalvin Cook goes down. You know, I, I don't either. And I, I there's something to be said, I think, for just being that running back in this offense and having assumed, like, if you're able to assume that workload, if there is an injury, to Dalvin Cook, I mean, the numbers, uh, at least for touches, are going to be fantastic. 
just about what do you do with him? I think we're both not a huge fan of Alexander Madison, not hugely involved as a receiver in even those games where he saw an increased workload, only averaged 1.4 targets to uh, nearly, the, you know, compared to the one target he's averaging, you know, with a backup role. So he, he didn't assume much, much else. I'm out on Alexander Madison for the time being, and I'd love to know uh, what everybody else thinks about Alexander Madison. But let's take another quick break, and then I want to get into my favorite of the group, Tony Pollard. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. And now it is time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup is coconut versus birthday cake. Go to BuiltBar.com or go to at bar underscore built on Twitter. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Just wanted to tell you guys about rockauto.com. It's a family business that has been serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Welcome back into the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. We are talking third year running backs today. I want to talk about Tony Pollard, who is definitely my favorite among this group that we are talking about today. And somebody who I think I'm I'm actually going to start buying into mm. athletic profile um, pretty pretty well balanced in terms of what we're seeing from him compared to these other third year running backs that we're waiting for a breakout five uh, eleven 210 pounds decent wingspan four uh, five 40 yard dash decent four three, four, three. sorry four three 40 yard dash four three yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. Four three uh, one at the combine. Yeah, he is. He's fast. 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 Oh my gosh. Uh. Well, excuse me. Um. And then let's talk hand size. Decent. Nine and a half <laughs> inches. You gotta love that. Uh. What I really love is in the games that we've seen him have a decent workload. I'm saying ten plus carries a game. He's averaged sixteen point five PPR points per game. He's involved as a receiver, uh, averaged three targets per game in that time. Not super involved, but you like to see that kind of usage uh, and that jump in usage from, uh, you know, when you're playing that backup role, when he's spelling carries from Ezekiel Elliott. What do we think about Tony Pollard 
Um, and you know, I think you're probably the best guy to speak mm-hmm. on this, right? Because uh, hashtag Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. So first of all, I'll talk about the 40 yard dash. So if you go and you search 40 yard dash for Tony Pollard, 452 will be the number that comes up. That's actually not what he ran. He happened to stumble at his one time uh, at the combine. He ran it again. And for whatever reason, the tracker was wrong. And he actually ran a 431. Now, if you, if you watch him on the field, Kate, doesn't that line up a lot more than what, what, what we see than a 4-5-2? So when you see him, he looks like the fastest player on the field, and that's typically because he is. Um, Pollard is really, really interesting. So he has one career start in, his, uh, in the NFL career, uh, and it was against the 49ers last year. Do you know how he did in that game, Kate? Tell me. He finished as the RB1 for that week. Not a RB1, the RB1. He scored 31.2 points in his first ever start. Um, In year two, we saw more touches. We saw more yards. We saw more touchdowns. Uh, The Cowboys are actually moving him around in the slot right now to try to get him on the field with Ezekiel Elliott. And here's the most important number for Tony Pollard. 2,271. That is the number of touches Ezekiel Elliott has in the last seven years of him playing football. That's an average of 325 touches per season. Eventually, Ezekiel Elliott's going to break down. We even started to see it last year with some nagging injuries that caused him to miss a game. If and when Tony Pollard is the starter, we are going to rank him on a weekly basis as a top seven running back at worst we might even rank him even higher than that considering the offense considering the talent his standalone value is a a little hard to gauge because even last year I think he only had uh yeah he had one game over 13 points and it was the game that he started so I'm not sure what you do with him when Zeke starts but I think he's the most valuable handcuff in fantasy football and dynasty football right now because when he is the the clear-cut starter he is going to put up monster, monster numbers. Well, I think the the one thing that you hit on there was, you know, Zeke's touch volume. Definitely out of all of these guys, they're, they're all behind, uh, maybe with the exception of Damian Harris, they're all behind a, a lead back, uh, and I guess Devin Singletary too, but TB to be debatable. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But I I think that the, the most important thing is not necessarily even like you're waiting for Ezekiel Elliott to no longer be the starter, but I do think you're going to have to see the Cowboys eventually at some point dial back the workload. You paid him a lot of money. Yes. Yes. A lot of money to be, breaking him down early on in the contract, I do think they're going to have to to tone it back. And I think if we see him get more involved, especially, like you said, working out of the slot, potential for uh, volume in that, that high-volume passing game, Tony Pollard is easily my favorite. And I'm going to be honest, Marcus, listening to you just sound off about Tony Pollard – you sound a little more excited for Tony Pollard than you did Damian Harris, despite the <laughs> fact that you said Damian Harris was your favorite. Well, listen, just to be fair, it's they're two different types of players, right? Like, I, if I'm searching for a cheap RB2 that I think can give me low-end RB1 production, I think it's Damian Harris because I feel better about his role this year and next year. But if I want a guy that I think is the next, oh, I, I, I don't even know, the next Alvin Kamara... I think it's Tony Pollard, and I think I just think there's a chance 
it with when the Cowboys eventually move on from Ezekiel Elliott that he's put in this offense that we already know is going to be one of the best offenses in the league. It should be one of the best offensive lines. It's one of the best quarterbacks. And it's a team that loves to run the ball inside the five-yard line. So there's a potential for 70 receptions, for double-digit touchdowns, for a lot of big plays, lots of scoring opportunities. And the fact that you can get him outside of the top 25, 27 running backs right now gets me really excited. I'll, I'll give you an example, Kate. Do you know that in a lot of leagues right now, Ronald Jones is being drafted ahead of Tony Pollard? Why? We've seen Ronald Jones. We know who that is. We yeah. know who Ronald Jones is. Why should I take the chance on Ronald Jones instead of Tony Pollard, who has legitimate RB1, the RB1 potential? I absolutely agree. I think, I mean, all of these guys, I think you're looking for uh, a, a swing that is going to go out of the park. That's your hope for all of these players. Um, you just need to find the right breakout moment. And I think that uh, we we could be seeing a very interesting trajectory for Tony Pollard if he gets the opportunity, however that may come. Can, Everybody, can, I, can I say one more thing really quickly? I, yeah. Right now is the time to get Tony Pollard because I can promise you by the time we get to training camp and we get to – uh, the the clips that end up on Twitter every single day of him making these ridiculous moves in space, <laughs> the Cowboys moving him out into the slot, which I'm telling you, they're already doing right now to try to get him on the field. We're going to see his ADP skyrocket. So get him now before all those uh, videos and gifts come out on Twitter. I love it. Everybody, that is our show for today. Thank you so much for joining all of us. I am your host, Kate Majuk. You could follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. And as always, I am joined by Marcus Mosier. You could follow him on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Give the show a follow. Give the show a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcast. Help others find the show. We will see you tomorrow uh, with Matt and Ryan. They'll be back. And we will see you guys on Thursday. Bye, y'all.